This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, as we enter into our final uh, interview. We've got an hour and a half in the can already of this Real Presence Live episode. And uh, before we start with this next uh, with this next guest, uh, we were talking about various feast days coming up in September, and there's one of uh, particular importance, I would say, to many of us. Um, uh, the Saint, uh, this coming Saturday, Saint uh, Pius of Pietrelcina, as how it would be worded, but Padre Pio is yeah. how he's better known, otherwise known as Padre Pio. Yeah, you know, I, I think. Um Padre Pew, he's great for, especially when you're working with youth and things like this, to bring him up because he's so fascinating and so unique that it's, it's, it's easy to get people interested in saints and different things based on his life. I mean, how, how many fantastical things can you think of about him when you think of the different abilities yeah, of God? Yeah, 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 there's a number of different things. Well, aside from that, one of the interesting little side notes about his story is that his dad came to the United States for a few years to work on the East Coast in order to earn additional money to make it possible for their son to follow his dream of entering into the religious life. And so as a Capuchin Franciscan, early on in his life, uh, he began to develop the stigmata. And, you know, medical experts will tell you, if you have, generally speaking, a condition like that, of these persistent open sores, uh, eventually, sooner rather than later, an infection will come in and it's going to be the end of you. But for him to live with that as a sign for so many years and you know, a man of such humility and not wanting to make that, you know, the thing that's being broadcast. And yet it was, and it was evidence of his profound love for Christ. And I know like in his journals and stuff, he writes about how he, he was always so humiliated. He took it as a sign that he was such a sinner, why the stigmata was in him. It came through meditating on the passion. And what's interesting is it, it completely healed up like two days before he died. And, and so it was, I think it was like yeah. over, well, for, yeah. Right. Uh, 50 years that he bore mm-hmm. it in his body and he, he he suffered it was painful it wasn't like it was just a mark or something certainly yeah and then in addition i believe there was a spot you know they they've saved an undershirt with blood stains from where jesus would have carried you know the beam of the cross on his shoulder that he had a wound there as well which would be would bleeding um another thing that he is noted for is his gifts in the confessional being able right. to detect sin as a foul stench coming from his penitence. Now, folks, I, I guess I can confidently say that's not something automatically that happens for all of us as ordained priests right, ministers right. of that we, sacrament. We don't, we don't, we don't, we're not able to smell your well, At least I'm not able to smell your sins. Just, but, all right, pal, fess up. You know? You're not but, telling me the whole but he's story. Known, he's known for actually having done that. He'd call yeah. people, and again, out of love, he wanted them to be... you know, like, And not to withhold something as though there were something that Jesus could not forgive. forgive right. right. Yeah. He also had this ability to bilocate, like being two place one time, and I don't know how that works. I've never done it. Thank you, because I have enough work in my life. Exactly, already. that's the last thing we need, right, <laughs> it's Father? Two places at once, but <laughs> but yeah, no, he could be. He would actually appear to his spiritual children, and and they oh. would meet him and see. He would talk, instruct, mm-hmm. and all kinds right. of miraculous interventions. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, just, appearances to uh, um, air pilots during war battles and various things like now, that. One of the things that a lot of people don't know, maybe unless you're a priest, you wouldn't know this, but at a certain point, his eyesight and different things failed him and he actually got permission from the the holy father to so he has as a capuchin he had he had to pray the hours seven times a day you know but his health didn't allow him and so he was able to substitute praying those hours by praying the rosary there we go and and there's this connection between 
pray the, the rosary and the psalms, chanting the psalms and the rosary. Yes. Like if you, if you were to pray the traditional rosary, there'd be 150 Hail Marys. Well, there's 150 psalms, and each one of those rose, uh, right. Hail Marys. It was an substitute. adaptation of that practice for the lay faithful to do. And uh, as it happens, we have someone with us as our next guest who knows a thing or two about rosaries. Uh, Don Lucas, welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you, Father. I'm I'm glad to hear that presentation about Padre Pio. Yeah, name, yeah. So it, yeah, it, it, it's about time that we get down to business, right? And start. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be I'll be happy to address. It. Um, <laughs> no worries. So um, um, I'm yeah, a member go of ahead. the parish of um, I'm a member of the parish of Saint Anne in Bismarck. Okay, and I belong to the Rosie Makers a group of that church. Years ago, another lady and I started making rosaries. It was 20 years ago, I believe. On that first year, we were thrilled. We had made 72 rosaries. That was a far cry from what we do today. We first built a rosary table from which St. Anne's parishioners have taken rosaries every day since that time. We've come a long way since then. About how many years would you, I'm sorry for interrupting you, uh, Don, about how many years would you say it's been now since those humble beginnings? 20 years. Wow, okay. And I'm the only one left um, actively making rosaries. Uh, the other lady that was with me is um, is in a nursing home. Mm. So um, anyway. Well, so Don, are you are you are you interested in looking for if there's anybody else in the Bismarck area who'd like to learn this craft and kind of come and join you? Could would would you be willing to teach other people how to go about you know, your business? I'm I'm glad you asked that question because um, it's an important reason that I that I wanted to be heard on Clear Presence. Only yeah. some of our rosary makers are from the Church of Saint Anne. Several are from other churches. One lady sure. lives in another city. The point is that we need more rosary makers. You do not need to be from St. Anne's. We will train you. We'll offer you free materials so that you can help us place a rosary on the hands of some young Catholic student somewhere in our country or abroad. And with that, I had my telephone number, 701-223-8526. So, so Don, yeah, so it was 701-223-8526 for, to learn how to make rosaries. And I think you're listed on the, the Bismarck Diocese website as well. There's a, there's a nice little information spot in there about the history of this. Don, how did, how did you first hear about it? How did you first get interested? Or how, where did, what does the rosary have to do in your, the history of your life and so forth? It started, it started when I was a, um, a tutor at the St. Anne's School. And I saw these, these children, and uh, um, many of them didn't have rosaries. And, and so I started to make them. I can't tell you why. I just saw the need. And um, shortly thereafter, we had fifth graders making them. And I don't know that St. Anne's is still making them, but we, we are still making rosaries for St. Anne's for um, the second graders. This year, as a matter of fact, we have one lady in our rosary maker group. Yes? Please continue. We have one lady in our rosary maker group who has made over 300 almost identical rosaries. And we're going to offer them to all the students in Bismarck and Mandan who are uh, going to make their first Holy Communion. 
these um, rosaries are available to be given out. All you need to do is call me. So um, that's about all I can tell you about that. Mm-hmm. Well, how many do you, do you have an idea about the the number across the twenty years that that you have made yourself? Well, you know, I can't remember anymore, but um, I, I don't have a job that that requires me to make rosaries. The, the, the sixteen other members in our group they make the rosaries. We have an interesting way that we do this. Um, it so happens that we have a credenza in our gathering space. And, and I order them the rosary material. I put it in that credenza, and rosary makers come and get what they need. It's all free, and they take them home and they make rosaries, probably while watching television. They're, they're really that good. Um, I don't watch television anymore because I've kind of lost. I've kind of lost the, the track that you need when you make a lot of rosaries. But um, I'm the one who. Um, Advertisers are wares who um, writes to people in the country. Um, we write to people in our country and abroad. And it, it interests me about um, one of the things we're doing, in addition to making regular rosaries, we're making rosaries for first graders. No, nice. for, for kindergarten children. And, and these rosaries are rosaries that have single decades. Have you ever heard of those? Yes, Hello? definitely. In fact, uh, those are popular options for people who are commuting or in their cars. You know, that way it's a, um, just a single decade's worth and a little easier to handle in many cases. You know, I just recently got a letter from a lady whose name is Mrs. Sherry Montagnino. She's a teacher of the first and the second grades, and she teaches at Our Lady of Mercy Catholic School in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hmm. Here's what she says. Thank you so much for your email. Our students all received a full rosary last year. And the reason we're asking for single-decade rosaries this year is because our students also attend adoration, and I think a chaplet or single-decade rosary would be very helpful to students when using it for Eucharistic adoration or divine mercy. Trust me, all, they all use their full-size five-decade rosaries you sent last year. So that's an unsolicited letter, and um, we get a lot of them. You know, that's what I do. I communicate with with people in the United States and abroad. We, we've sent rosaries to um, Guatemala and Haiti and Santo Domingo and Venezuela. Uh, oh, um, Rome, for example. We we sent them to rosaries all over the world, and. Um, we sent them to Guam and Hawaii. You know, I can't remember the list. It's it's too long. What, what kind but, of materials are your rosaries made out of, El? Well, we made them. We make them with cord and a plastic cross, a plastic center, and a miraculous medal. We do not have a rosaries bust. Um, it's it's too much of a problem when you you do. It's too much of a problem when you make as many rosaries as we do because last year. We made 29,000 rosaries, and this year so far, we've made 22,000, and we're not through. So um, 
Let me see what else I can tell you. You know what? Hold that thought for just a moment for us, uh, Don, because as it happens, we need to step aside and take uh, our last break uh, here for the hour. So we are visiting with Don Lucas and this wonderful rosary-making apostolate that's hosted by St. Anne's Parish in Bismarck, and we will hear more about this after the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The Yes of Believing. Ascent is produced by the will, not by the understanding's own direct insight. Believing is not an act of the understanding alone, not simply an act of the will, not just an act of feeling, but an act in which all the spiritual powers of man are at work together. Still more, man in his own self and of himself cannot bring about this believing at all. It has of its nature the character of a dialogue. It is only because the depth of the soul, the heart, has been touched by God's word that the whole structure of spiritual powers is set in motion and unites in the yes of believing. It is through all this that we also begin to see the particular kind of truth with which believing is concerned. Theology talks about saving truth. Everything a man does or allows to happen to him can, ultimately, be derived from his will to be happy. When the heart comes into contact with God's logos, with the Word who became man, this inmost point of his existence is being touched. Then he does not merely feel, he knows from within himself, that is it. That is he. That is what I was waiting for. It is a kind of recognition, for we have been created in relation to God. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, for our final segment of Real Presence Live as Father James Gross and Father Jason Lefferge are joining you from Grand Forks. We have on the phone with us from Bismarck, Don Lucas, who's been telling us about this wonderful ministry of making rosaries that is hosted by St. Anne's Parish in Bismarck. And uh, we wanted to get into some of the uh, details of his own background and and, uh, Don's actual um, uh, relating to uh, the rosary as a devotion. So, Don, you sound like a very young, vibrant man as we're interviewing you. How, how old are you? I'm 93. So you are I'll pretty young. 90, <laughs> I'll be 94 in May. My goodness. So, so you're, just, you're just beginning your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I like to think so, but I have some more to tell you, by the way. Please. My task is to contact prospective users by emailing the principals of Catholic schools across our nation. All of our rosaries are free. 
we pay all material costs, but we have some help paying shipping charges. And when we can do so, we send rosaries not only to Catholic schools in our country, but as I mentioned before, we sent them to Guam and Hawaii and Guatemala and Uganda and Kenya and, and many others. And there's an interesting task, uh, there's an interesting expansion of that whole idea. Some, some years ago, I was attending a speech given by a lady from a non-Catholic church. And they take um, material, food and material to Haiti and Santo Domingo every year. And, and after the speech, I asked her, or I said to her, you know, most of the people in that part of the country are Catholic. Would you be willing to take Catholic rosaries to those people when you deliver food? And she said, yes. That was 12 years ago. We do that every year. Every quarter, I, I bring a box of rosaries, of 200 rosaries a box, and, and they handle it. I, I, I can't tell you how they do that, but all I know is that they do. Now, do you, when you send a packet like that, Don, is there a little instruction pamphlet in there if maybe there's somebody who doesn't know how to pray the rosary? No. <laughs> no, you know, it, I never send rosaries to anyone who doesn't tell me that they want rosaries. For sure. if, they, okay. if they tell me they want them, then I presume that they know how to say them. There we go. So, however, I, I, I have taught all of the members. We have 17 members. Well, 16 plus one that I'm going to teach this afternoon. But um, all 17 have been trained by me. We've trained so many people at St. Anne's that um, it may seem hopeless to try again, but, but I will. So, Don, how long, if you're going to sit down and make a rosary, how, how long does it take from beginning to end to complete a it rosary? It takes me about 15 minutes, but it takes, um, it, it takes most good rosary makers about 10 or 12. And um, we have one couple, one man and one woman, who make World Mission rosaries. Are you familiar with World Mission? It's, it's a um, rosary that was presented to us by... Um, the Venerable Fulton J. Sheen, one-time Archbishop of New York, and, um, and those rosaries are identifiable because they're made of five colors. And his All thought right. was that if, if you pray that rosary, you should pray for all the world, all the people in the world. And, yeah. and so that's the way we do it. We've sent those particular kind of rosaries to Guatemala, and now we're sending them to Father Mormon in Kenya. So right, we, the diocesan yeah. uh, mission that Bismarck uh, runs there, yes. Mm -hmm. well, well, Don, how about yourself, just on a, on a personal level, how, how old, do you remember how old you were when you, when you prayed your first rosary? I, I think I was about six. And who, who taught you? My mother. Okay, so... You know, you... I, was, I was one of those kids who, who couldn't afford to go to Catholic school. And um, I lived in Moorhead, Minnesota, and it was about a mile and a half to the Catholic school. In a, in a mile and a half in the winter in those days, which was in 1936 or 1938, was really difficult because our winters then were far more severe than they are now. And, and so I, I couldn't go. And I've always felt sorry that I was unable to go to a Catholic school. That's 
that's the reason that I became um, a tutor at St. Anne's. I tutored grades from first to fifth. I was a guy that that um, brought them up to date if they missed yesterday. I took the teacher's um, code book and I taught them exactly what the teacher taught them the previous day. And it was um, it was a fine thing to do. That is uh, that is outstanding, and uh, a shout out to the uh, elementary school in St. Anne's, part of the Light of Christ uh, Catholic Schools Network. They're in the Bismarck Mandan area. Yeah, very good. So, um, uh, yeah, so so this uh, devotion of the Rosary uh, has been something that you were not only introduced to early in life, but has been close to your heart your whole life long. By the sounds of things, ever since. Ever since, no. When it, when it, when your wife that's was still keep, that's what keeps that's what keeps me going. When when your wife was still alive, did you was it a family tradition? Or did you pray the rosary together as a couple or as a family, or was it an individual thing? No, we prayed it. We prayed it individually. Okay. Um, we had a hiccup in our family, and that prevented us from praying them together. Okay. Very good. So, um, yeah, St. Anne's is, is the host place for this group. Do any of the um, rosary makers come together, or are they, are they, by the sounds of it, they're kind of working on their own and then bringing completed rosaries back when they finish them, or is there any That's sort exactly of... exactly the way it works. We okay. are far different from any other rosary group that I've read about. Okay. Most other rosary groups meet, have coffee and cake and, and talk, and make rosaries as kind of a positive sideline. We never get together. Many of our rosary makers have never met each other. They hmm. simply come, get the material, go home, make the rosaries, and bring the finished product back. And that's where I come in. Well, Don, thank you so much for um, for for this great uh, apostolate. Thank you so much for taking time to, to visit with us here on Real Presence Radio about uh, you know the the rosary making uh, work that you and these other folks are doing there in Bismarck and and blessings to all of you. Thank you very much. I I hope they're listening. And Don, um, could you give us your phone number one more time for somebody who might be interested in learning how to make the is, rosaries or to get a hold yeah, of you for rosaries? I'll be I'll be glad to do that. My number is seven zero one. Two two three eight five two six. If you're interested in rosary, that's the number to call. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks again, uh, Don, for spending this time with us, and all all the best to you. Thank you very much, Father. You're very welcome. Well, before we step aside, we're going to need to hear about uh, what is coming up in the next show, and so let's toss things to uh, Rachel down at Command Central with a preview. Coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Brandon Clark is your host coming to you live from the Fargo studio. He'll be speaking with Johan Ix about Pope Pius XII's efforts to save lives during World War II. And John Bergsma, a professor of theology at the Franciscan University of Steubenville, he will share the history of the deuterocanonical books of the Bible. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you.
Thank you very much. As it turns out, uh, Dr. John Bergsma is the author of a book that our adult education group here at uh, the parish is using, uh, which is run through the uh, Altar Society. So it, that's a familiar name to me already. Well, I, I just want to give a shout out to Rachel, too. She'll be transitioning in her, in her life now to a new position. And just uh, people don't know who are listening, but Rachel worked behind the scenes and did all kinds of fantastic. She makes us sound good, Father Gross, if that's possible. So thank heaven for that. And we've, we've really thoroughly enjoyed working with Rachel. Uh, for a number of years here now, and uh, good luck uh, to you, Rachel, in, in your future. The uh, Hey, so Father Gross, yes. those leaves are falling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Saturday, I'm going to have a falling of the leaves bike race. That's why I'm hoping it doesn't ah, rain on Saturday, okay. but it looks like right. it's going to be a muddy falling of the leaves. Sure. The um, uh, you've got your upcoming fall dinner. Our upcoming annual fall dinner is coming up on Sunday, serving from 11.30 to 2 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. here at St. Mary's Church in Grand Forks. The uh, old-fashioned chicken and meatball uh, uh, dinner. Uh, the the menus for uh, fall dinners, I like to say, are sort of like sacred scripture. They're uh, <laughs> etched in stone, never to be altered. And when you find a good thing, you stick with it. So you're, please you're, join us if you're in the area. You're making me hungry. So that, that's St. Mary's in Belmont Road here in Grand Forks. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. You were telling me also about an important event coming up. Uh, the autumnal equinox is right around right. the corner. Right. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a trivia of things, planets, moons, and all this kind of stuff. So the equinox, it's going to happen at exactly 1.50 a.m. on September 23rd, which means if you're up that late... Friday night slash Saturday morning. You can take an egg and you stand it on it in a raw egg. And when it hits that equal point, the gravity will have equal forces and it will stand on its end. And if people don't believe me when I tell you this, but it's really fun to do it. Okay. But the other thing is, because it's a leap year, yes. normally normally the fall happens on the 20th, 21st, somewhere in there. This year's the 23rd, which seems weird, right? Because it's days out. But by February, when we... Do, yeah. do the leap year will get caught back up and things will fall in place. Right, again, and, so. and while you mention that, that's another thing that I like to do from time to time. You make sure that you um, you buy something on the leap year day, the 29th, you know, as long as it's not a Sunday, and that February 29th, you keep the receipt as proof of, you know, that, that particular <laughs> day, because only once every four years, and then you hear about certain you know famous people, actors, or politicians who were born on February 29th, and the question is, well, I, I suppose their default celebration is the 20th I, I had year. a parishioner who was born on, on the day, and so when he was 80, we celebrated his 20th birthday. So Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, on behalf of Father Leffer, Father James Gross, uh, thanking you for taking this time to listen and to be a part of our family here on Real Presence Radio. And uh, we ask for God's blessing upon you, upon your loved ones, and upon the work that God is calling you to do in your vocation in this life. Blessings to you, and have a wonderful day. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.